It's post time. time. Welcome to the ESPN 1000 Post Game Show with your hosts, ESPN 1000 fantasy expert and host Jeff Meller and two-time Super Bowl champion Chicago native Howard Griffin. The ESPN 1000 Post Game Show on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. gets four downs in <laughs> football. My goodness, a come-from-behind win yet again for the Bears, who moved to 4-1 and one on the season. As Nick Foles apparently has Tom Brady's number, the Bears get their first win against Tom Brady in his illustrious career. I'm Jeff Meller, along with Howard Griffith. We are your post-game show here on ESPN 1000, 312 332-3776. Weigh in. Wow, Howard. Instant reaction to that. Yeah, fabulous game, right? You know, uh, the Bears were down. But as they've done in the previous weeks, they found ways to rally and be able to make plays at the end. You know, ups and downs. I, I really enjoyed this one. And the, the Bears showed a lot of grit. And I thought well, what was really important was the fact that we needed to see the defense be able to step up and make plays. And they did that down the stretch. Plenty of impact plays by the defense. They got pressure on Brady uh, at many critical times. They made it difficult for him in the pocket. We saw Kyle Fuller with just a tremendous hit at the end of the first half, which really changed the momentum of the game. The Bears had scored already at that point. They had scored their first touchdown. But that hit uh, created uh, an absolute momentum shift in the game before the end of the half that the Bears were able to take advantage of. And, yeah, it was good to see – the Bears defense come through and make some plays tonight. And even Nick Foles, who was shaky at times, Howard, he uh, he he steadied the ship and he got right down the stretch. He absolutely did. And I thought it was a critical play when he came to the line and uh, the Bucks were getting ready to blitz him, send an all-out blitz. And he did an unbelievable job of getting Montgomery out into the route. We'd seen that earlier with Patterson, had run a couple of those and tried to have some success. But we saw it at a critical opportunity. Montgomery comes up with the catch and keeps the drive going. A game that really felt early on like the Bucks were going to have their way. They come out and, you know, they, they have to settle for field goals, though. And that's yeah. another credit to the Bears defense, making some plays at critical junctures on drives that keep the, the Bucks while they're in the red zone to where they have to settle for three. And it does come back to haunt them as the Bears Win this one 20 to 19. Again, 312 332 3776. We're here for you, ESPN 1000, your post game show. The callers, we're going to let you guys voice your opinion right now. Jeff is in Portage, Indiana. Jeff, you're on with Howard Griffith. What's up, my man? Hi, how are you guys doing, man? Wonderful. We're good. Hey, you know, I, I knew the Bears were going to do good. Uh, you know, everybody said that uh, Foles was, eh, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I always thought Foles was going to be great. And he did a great job. And, you know, boy, I don't know what to say. I, uh, You know, like, they're, they're just, they, they did great. They did great. I, I don't, I... And everybody's like, oh, oh, it's, it's, the, uh, it's the coach and all this stuff. 
you know, like, I don't know. What, what do you say about that? Jeff is apparently awestruck, Howard, by uh, <laughs> by Nick Foles delivering in the clutch here. They, look, we got a lot to unpack, but um, yeah, look, they came through. They made some plays when they needed to, and boy, they were given a gift here at the end. Because let's be honest, we should we we need to hit on this, Howard. What is Matt Nagy doing on second down? You mean not uh, doing? Yes. What is he doing? <laughs> what is he not doing? What is that, going on? Yeah, yeah that was unbelievable. Um, but again, I think we've talked about this. You know how people try to, you know, be the smartest guy in the room sometimes. Yes. And you think they're going to run the ball and they want to come up with a pass, but they're not understanding that you're putting yourself in a bad situation. I'm sure he kn- he knew that, but he thought he would get the upper hand. He thought he had an advantage there, but turned out that he didn't. And fortunately for them, it didn't cost them the game. There's so little upside on that play. It is second and nine at Tampa Bay's 24 yard line. The Bears, obviously, at that point are trailing 19-17, to 17, and they're in field goal range. Now, it's not going to be a gimme by any means, but still, it's very makeable for any NFL kicker at that stage. You're well under 45 yards. you got to have some confidence in your kicker, even though Cairo Santos maybe hasn't given you a bunch to be confident in. You still have to have confidence in your kicker from that range, and no second and nine, and Nagy gives the ball to Foles, who then tries a ball down the sidelines to Allen Robinson, which is broken up and stops the clock when the Bucks only have one timeout at that point, leaves 122 left on the clock at that moment, third and nine. And now the Bears are in a tricky situation because they know that they want to pick up a few extra yards to make the kick a little bit easier, but they also know that a timeout there and the Bucks are going to have a crack to come back and tie this game. I'm sorry, to win this game outright. And Nagy allowed that to happen. So another coaching mistake by the man who actually has won Coach of the Year back in 2018. And one of the things you see you see in that type of situation is defensive head coaches that may be in their first or second year uh, of running a uh, running a program. And you saw that from Nagy, who's on the offensive side. You don't normally see that coming from offensive coaches because it, you know they've grown in a system and as they've gotten better and moved up, up the ranks, they've been in those uh, offensive meetings. They've been there. They've been in situational football on the offensive side and they know how important that is. And to see coach Nagy make a decision like that, it is not very, doesn't give a lot of confidence to people who are really watching the game. But again, I chalk it up to, you know, trying to outthink the the other, the other uh, coaches and that didn't work out for them did for that particular play. Now, it didn't cost him the game, but hopefully he learns from that mistake. Boy, you hope so. Again, you can uh, give us a call, 312-332-3776. Plenty of time for you. We're here for the next two hours, breaking down the game and letting you react. Let's go to Mount Prospect and Matt. Hey, Matt, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, guys. Um, yeah, you, you just kind of made my point, but I think I think the Bears and Matt Nagy need to learn how to win. Um, you have a Hall of Fame, probably best quarterback of all time, ready to come back, and, and you don't make them burn that last time out, throwing somewhat of a prayer pass on, on second down and then even throwing again on third down to press it. He's lucky that they caught the ball and, and made them burn that time out. But I think hindsight, if that's another incomplete pass and Brady's got a timeout in his pocket, we might be talking a, a totally different game. Uh, I'll hang up and listen to your, uh, your thoughts. Yeah, Matt, thanks a lot for the call. Um, You bring up a good point. I mean, you you continue to talk about how the Bears need to continue to learn how to win. And and quite frankly, uh, I I think they've done a lot of that. And they've proven that they can figure out ways to win games. And 
Sure, you have a little help from from your opponent, whether it's a drop pass, whether it's penalties, but the Bears have still been able to hang in there and give themselves an opportunity to win at the end. And you talk about this game tonight. I mean, this this is a perfect example. It, you really didn't see the panic. Guys started to make plays. You saw a quarterback come to the line of scrimmage, very confident, understanding what he needed to do, putting his team in a great position. Can't wait to hear what Coach Nagy uh, and Nick Foles have to say after this game because I, I think he made some great plays and great adjustments at the line of scrimmage down the stretch. Yes, we bring you all the press conferences that you need to hear. Don't forget, Matt Nagy, Nick Foles, we'll let you hear from them as we go on. But right now, your chance to sound off. Get in early because when the press conferences do happen, we do want to bring those to you as well. So your chance to get in, better to call early than late. Let's try Pat, who's in Mundelein. Hey, Pat, you're on the postgame show with Howard Griffith and Jeff Miller. Hey, how you doing? Are you guys excited as I am about the Bears being 4-1? and <laughs> You should be. Everybody should be happy about it, right? Exactly. I feel good. So I just wanted to say really quick, um, I got a lot of confidence in Nick Foles. I think people might talk about that deep ball he missed to Darnell Moody. Well, I think he was trying to throw the ball more to the corner where Moody kind of turned it up more upfield. It was more of a miscommunication than it was just a bad throw. And I think that's what's been so frustrating, seeing Mitch the last couple um, years just miss throw passes. I think this one was just a miscommunication. Give Foles a couple, another couple weeks. I think he's going to iron out that communication. He's got the accuracy. I think the Bears got a pretty high ceiling for this year. So I just want to hear what you guys think about it. Bears are 4-1. and one. I'm in a good mood. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, Pat. You know, it's interesting when you start talking about when Nick Foles misses some passes versus mm-hmm. Mitch Trubisky missing passes, right? So we've yep. seen a couple of years of Mitch, Mitch missing, and now we see Nick miss some passes here and there and it's communication so Mm. you know hopefully they can get that straightened out over the next couple of weeks and and start to make plays uh that they can because there are opportunities downfield to make those plays and they've just got to be able to capitalize on them uh and be able to turn in some of those big plays and getting some points out of them yeah that was uh that was earlier in the fourth quarter second and eight uh darnell mooney clearly had a step on dean and Foles. He did, I, he did leave it in the middle of the f- field there a little bit. He didn't get enough air under it, giving Mooney a chance to run underneath it because Mooney clearly had the step on Dean, but he hung it up there and allowed Dean to come back to it and make a play. So, yeah, you would hope that a veteran quarterback would, you know, do a little better on those situations, especially especially because the deep ball was what, you know, really kind of uh, hampered uh, Mitch Trubisky's, you know, development here in Chicago, at least allowing him to really, you know, give him the rope that, Bears fans were hoping for. Uh, let's try. Let's go out to Manny in Oak Lawn, who wants to rave about a rookie. Hey, Manny. What's up, guys? How's everything going? We got a W this week. <laughs> I hear you, Manny. No, I just want to rave about the rookie Jalen. Man, he just held his own. You know, he had a couple of PI calls, but you know, at the end of the day, they were focusing on him, but he held his own. Kyle Fuller did his thing. Raekwon missed a couple tackles in the beginning, but you know what? That defense showed their worth at the end of the game. And I just want to get your I, your uh, your thoughts on the play calling at the end where that they didn't want to run the clock out. What was that? Do you think they didn't trust their kicker? Or do you think they were going for the touchdown? I just want to know because that defense showed their worth, man. Like, we've been, we've been tripping over them for a while, but they did what they had to do against the top-ranked offense. Yeah, Manny, appreciate your call. You know, I, I think we talked a little bit about uh, the decision at the end to to make that pass as opposed to running it. I, I think it was just a bad coaching 
uh, mistake right there, and you just have to deal with that and, and learn from that mistake. But, again, I think the defense really did step up. You talk about the corners. I th- thought they were aggressive. You wanted to rave about the rookie. I think he's going to continue to get better each and every week. He's Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller. Again, we are your post-game show after every Bears game for two hours, taking your phone calls, giving you the opportunity to sound off and give us your instant reaction to yet a fourth Bears win on the season through just five games. The GOAT has his first loss against this Chicago Bears team, and he wasn't happy about it. Did he snub Nick Foles? We'll discuss next. Bear, Bear, Bears football. The ESPN 1000 postgame show is back with your hosts, ESPN 1000 fantasy expert and host Jeff Meller and two-time Super Bowl champion Chicago native Howard Griffith. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. take over. DeAndre Houston Carson was there for Chicago. I don't know, Brady, I think he, the way Brady reacted and hold up his fourth, I think he thought it was third down. If Brady's still standing out there. But that's fourth down, and it's Chicago's ball, and that's the end of the night. Oh, Troy. He definitely did think it was third down. In the aftermath, we are well aware that Tom Brady thought he had an extra down. Even the GOATs can make mistakes, and that's not one you would expect uh, father time and the you know the body uh, breaking down a little bit. Those type of mistakes filtering in, you don't expect the mental mistake to be the one that gets Tom Brady. But tonight on Thursday Night Football, it did indeed as he thought he had an extra down. May have you may he may have approached his throw on that play who he chose to go to drastically differently had he known that it was actually fourth down. But apparently, Howard, that wasn't uh, the only thing. Tom Brady, six Super Bowl titles to his name, uh, apparently not a good sport because as he left the field, Nick Foles looking to go give him a hands, handshake and say, or at least. I, you know, maybe not a handshake in the COVID era, but Tom Brady wanted none of it. He was quick to get off the field and was not going to have any of it. I don't know if he was too embarrassed, but, uh, man, six Super Bowl titles and you can't even be gracious about it in, in a tough loss. I mean, kind of makes you wonder. It kind of makes you wonder. Absolutely. You think about this. He thought it was third down, clearly. Thought he had mm-hmm. another play, and you mentioned it. Probably would have approached that last throw a little bit different. But, you know, it's funny. Uh, I was on earlier with Cap, and uh, and they were laughing yeah, and listening to these guys, right? They were talking about, hey, well, Tom is closed on a new mansion down in Tampa. You think he might be a little bit distracted this night? And it looks like, hey, he was a little bit distracted, not knowing the down and distance is an issue. His mind was uh, was was fluttering off to wondering what he was what what he was going to do with the uh, guest house for Gronk. He was wondering, <laughs> okay, I'm buying a mansion. How mm-hmm. do I deck? What's the decor for the guest house when Gronk yeah. comes and moves in with us? It's a good point, Howard. Uh, all right, three one two three three two three seven seven six. Lines are jammed. Your chance to react with us here on ESPN one thousand. He's two time Super Bowl champ, Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller, and this 
is Aaron in Atlanta joining us. Aaron, what'd you think of a Bears win? Hey, Bears victory Thursday. So it's a great night, four and one. But I question Nagy, 128. It was first, I believe it was first and something. And whatever the situation was, instead of him running the clock, he, he right after the two-minute warning, really, if you bag it up, he ran at least five pass plays and one running play. And I always say with the Bears, traditionally we're a running team, a defensive team. Tonight I give the, the Bears defense a, a big A+. Plus and the reason, well, maybe the, a A-, minus, but they were consistent. They got the sacks when they needed them. But when your coach does not understand, just like Brady, it was, he got his four downs, it was over. You've got to play some traditional bear ball. Hand the ball off, take the clock down. He didn't do it, dodged the bullet, his defense bailed him out. But, again, great great night, uh, Howard and uh, Jeff, for Bears' victory. My only concern is, uh, will this catch up with us again where other teams have figured out uh, Matt, Nagy, and his play calling? So thanks for letting me talk. Hey, Aaron, appreciate the call, particularly from all the way from Atlanta tuning in. It's late there. It's late, but that's all right. But you think about this, right? So the Bears have made mistakes, but they're four and one, right? So, you know, I, I talk each and every week, right? When, when they pull out a victory, yeah, they didn't do this, they didn't do that, but it's a lot easier to coach your team when you've won a game. And we can go back and review the film and figure out what we need to do better. And, and that's the position you want to be in. This is a team that's going to continue to grow. Listen, this is going to be a crazy season. You know, it's already been crazy for a few professional teams thinking of the Titans right now. So you have to be able to understand that every one of these wins, no matter how you get them, is going to be important to you. And if you can coach and and continue to get your team better each and every week, even though you make a couple mistakes and you get away with it, you know, that's a great thing as opposed to be coaching uh, from a a loss standpoint. No, it's a great point in this uh, this COVID year. We're seeing what's happening with the Titans. The Patriots are having difficulties. And then, hey, you don't even know. You may Your team may be clean, but you may be on the schedule and up next for one of the teams that is not. So it is going to be a crazy year. It's a good point, Howard. They're 4-1 right now. Make no apologies for that. No matter how you got there, you will take each and every one. If you liked the call from Atlanta, how about this? Let's head on out to Honolulu and right. say hello to Shy. What's up, Shy? How you doing? I'm good, guys. Happy about a Bears victory. Thanks for having the show. Um, you know, just the Nagy call, call at the end of the game, I think a lot of people, my only question is, did he just not have confidence in Santos? And maybe that's why trying to go for seven or at least get closer. Um, two other points I thought, you know, again, second straight game where the rushing attack was, I think, less than 40 yards for the game. And it just it can't happen. Uh, you can't be a successful winning team running the ball for less than 40 yards. And it was nice to see Mac get a couple sacks and some rushes tonight um, on the QB and happy to that he made his presence. And I think the D-line had a pretty significant presence in tonight's win. Yeah, Sha, thanks for the call. You know, you, you talk about the defense stepping up, and Mac in particular coming up with two huge sacks was, was big. And that's what we've been waiting to see from him. We know he's been banged up a little bit. But he's had to be able to finish. But I, I tell you what, we, we can't make excuses for Nagy on, on that play call. We, we just can't do that. You, you, that's, you're, going, you're, you're playing against all the odds. And just, 
you know, what logic tells you you need to do as a football coach. And, you know, sure, I, I've, I've said it already that, that maybe he was just trying to outsmart the other guys, but sometimes you get in those positions and it doesn't work out. Fortunately for them tonight, it did. No, there's no doubt about it. I mean, uh, listen, I, I actually, before it even um, came down to it, I did send out a poll. Do you trust Cairo Santos? And so I was thinking, you know, what our caller just brought up is, you know, is Nagy's confidence in his kickers so shaken that it's he's calling his game differently? Well, maybe that is the case when you're, you know, outside of 40 yards. But when you're in that situation, if he's on the roster, he has to be somebody who you're willing to let go out there. And he cannot dictate the way you're calling a game, Howard. Like, that, that was, in a lot of ways, I mean, I'm sorry, this show is so dramatically differently different than what we're talking about right now. If the mm-hmm. Bucks come up with, you know, if, if Tom Brady recognizes what down it is and they convert on third or fourth down and they set up for a field goal to win this game, I mean, Matt Nagy is getting hammered. And we've already hammered him for the lack of a running game and his inability to commit to the running game. I mean, now if we have to worry about his decision-making, it's a te- there's, there's very little upside to that. Because, look, the other th- the point is Nick Foles has not displayed the accuracy where when you're putting a throw like that up in the air, you can necessarily ensure that he's not going to throw a pick or it's going to be deflected in some ways. I'm not saying you you coach scared, but at the same time, there's so much downside to putting that ball up in the air like that. And again, the incompletion gives the Bucks an opportunity to have a realistic chance to come back and beat you. It's a bad decision. It's a bad decision. No, no question about it. And again, you have to play the odds. And and the odds say you run the ball. I mean, that's just that's just good coaching acumen that that's what you do in that situation. And not to do it, you you just can't do it. You're not putting your team in the best situation uh, to be able to go out and continue to win. And you know they were fortunate tonight, but again, <laughs> better off to be fortunate than than be Tampa Bay and or Tom Brady and not know it was fourth down. All right, lines are jam-packed, 312-332-3776. Give us a call now before we let you hear from Matt Nagy. Tom Brady is pissed, he's confused, and Nick Foles does not give a damn. More Bears talk up in two minutes. Welcome to the ESPN 1000 Post Game Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. If it stands, that's the Bears' first rushing touchdown of the season. Let's make sure the knees were up, and they were. It did indeed stand at Joe Buck there. Highlight courtesy of Fox. David Montgomery punches in the Bears' first rushing touchdown of the season. And it was good to see the Bears improve with a long run of seven yards this game as opposed to... (laughs) They're long of six against the Colts last week, Howard. He's Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller. We're talking about a Bears win, their fourth win on the season, a confused old man who doesn't know what down it is and is running away from saying nice things to the Bears after their thrilling win. I'm, of course, talking about the GOAT, Tom Brady. I'm Jeff Meller. We're the post-game show on ESP 1000. We're here with you after every Bears game for two hours, taking your calls with the instant reaction, Howard. 
Absolutely. And you talk about Tom Brady. How does he get that confused? How does he not know down in distance, right? Mm. He's won six championships, and, and to find himself in that position really, I think, has to speak volumes to what the Bears' defense was doing to him because they clearly had him flustered toward the end uh, because they were getting there. They were making plays. I thought the DBs were breaking on the ball. Uh, and they really started to, to to get home and make him very uncomfortable. So you got to give a lot of credit to this Bears defense, who has been much maligned for the first three weeks. Yeah, you you pointed it out. I know uh, they got home. They got three sacks. It was nice to see Khalil Mack come up with two sacks of his own. James Waters got one, and you saw the graphic late in the game. They they had mo- they had uh, close to double digit knockdowns, and they were really coming with a head of steam there at the end. And uh, you know, it's not just Tom Brady, but he. Uh, just like many quarterbacks, you you bring pressure up the middle and and you know disrupt a quarterback's pocket, and that's the worst thing for them. So the Bears did a great job there defensively, really coming up with a big effort on Thursday night football. Again, your chance to talk with us here on ESPN 1000, 312-332-3776. Let's head on out to Midlothian and say good evening to Mike. Hey, Mike, you're on ESPN 1000. Good evening, guys. Uh, thanks for the call. Uh, first off, I cannot even remember a season where the Bears are 4-1, and one, and I'm this frustrated. <laughs> like, I can be happy. But, like, I, I, I can't, dude. Like, you know, I, I watched this. I watched ever since Nagy got here. I, got, I was excited. I'm like, all right, you know, I, we got, finally got an offensive guy compared to what we had with Trustman. He has ridden coattails for this defense since he's gotten here. You know, and I heard Cap this morning talk about, oh, you, all, you know, we never had a coach, head coach like Matt Nagy with his record. You can't even look at the record because that, he's been riding the coattails of this defense. The defense <laughs> played their butts off tonight, number one. Number two, I'm just so tired of these screens and mm. halfback, half uh, you know, handoffs in the shotgun. And, you know, it's just, it's just frustrating. Like, I, I don't understand why he just continues to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. And what's the definition of that? And <laughs> I'll leave it at this. He better figure it out and get his head out of his keister, as Yurko would say. He better get his head out of his keister for when we got to go to Green Bay or when Green Bay comes to town. Because that team is a total different team than what they've been the last couple of years. And you don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to want to, you know, pound it in and step on the next of the Chicago Bears because he will. And I, Mike, I, I have no faith in Matt Nagy at all. And I Mike, just, Mike, I, you know, Mike, I'm, Mike, I sense your frustration. Don't worry. You can say ass. <laughs> Go ahead. You can say ass if you want to. Let it out. It's eleven oh five. I'm on my radio. I don't want to sit there and say it. You know what I mean? Try to. You can oh, say hey, Mike, it, Matt Nagy. Anyway, get I mean, your head out of your ass. It's all right, Mike. <laughs> hey, hey, Mike, 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 Mike wants I, Mike I, wants I, to feel good after a win. Not frustrated. Exactly, and I'm just, you know, I just can't stand it any longer, man, just with the, the screen passes and just the, 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 the halfback, you know, handoffs and the shotgun. Like, dude, do something different. <laughs> and then that last play, you know, and they, you even heard it from Aikman and Joe Buck how shocked they were about how he decided to pass on second down. It's like, dude, you're going up against Tom Brady. You're lucky you're – that you went up against the guy in the twilight of his career because he lived on that. I mean, look at the stat. What was it? He forty three. <laughs> he had like forty three come from behind wins in his career. Like, dude, come on. 
You are so lucky, dude. We would have a totally different conversation tomorrow or even tonight if that would have went the other way. Like, we were just going, what the hell are you doing? Like, you want a little advice, Mike? Mike, you still there? Oh, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here. You want a little advice? Just yeah. relax. Go to the refrigerator. Get you a frosty beverage. The Bears won tonight. <laughs> we can deal with this in the morning, right? Be happy about doing that tonight. <clears throat> and then we'll worry about all the other stuff in the morning. Relax. Take a load off. It's a, it's a trying, Thursday. It's just, it's, I don't get it. I don't get how it's possible. We're four and one, and I feel like this. It's, yeah. it's like I feel like we're one and four or zero oh and five. It's just like what is going on. That's all right, Mike. That's why you're a fan. It's you're, the passion's there. We appreciate the call. Thanks for checking in again. Uh, we're here for you if you want events, if you want to celebrate. That's what we're here for after every Bears game for two hours. Howard Griffith, Jeff Miller taking your phone calls. Let's try Robert, who's in Villa Park. Hey, Robert. Guys, thank you for having me on. Um, first and foremost, Bear down. I'm happy that the Bears won. But what is going on with Matt Nagy, yo? I'm, I'm trying to stay positive, but to me, this is like the worst 4-1 team in NFL history. I, 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 can't, I can't believe these emotions I'm going through after a victory. Why is he running the ball seven times but passing at 30? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I get it. You're trying to figure things out. It's, it's football. It's a different league. It's, it's, it's a tough sport. But come on, run the ball. Montgomery can run that rock if you allow him and call the right plays for it. But he keeps showing me that he's not the play caller we thought he was. Well, thanks for the call. And I think one of the things is when you, when you start talking about this, this new NFL, it really is about putting the ball out in space and trying to get it to playmakers. I mean, that is really the reality of, of where uh, – a lot of the offenses are and what they want to be able to do. And it's, it's really just not sexy to run the ball and control the clock. It, 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 that's not sexy anymore. And you think about how you get a job, you get a job by throwing the ball all over the park and scoring points. So when you finally get your opportunity, that's what you're going to do. So it's a matter of you know, him making adjustments and trying to get there. But at this point, I don't know that you're going to see those adjustments happen because I think he's shown you who exactly he is as far as a play caller is concerned. And it's certainly not going to help. We'll have to wait and see. But I, I imagine the uh, injury news on James Daniels is probably not going to be super encouraging. I would imagine he's going to be out for at least a few weeks. Um, Alex Bars came in, and he had his oh. struggles Um, And so that probably made it all the more difficult to trust run calls late in the game. But uh, we will we will hear from Matt Nagy later in the program. Let's try Paul, who is in Utah. Paul, what's going on, my man? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Listen, we had a good belly laugh here from uh, Tom Brady's fourth down faux pas, man. My wife and I, (laughs) we were. Oh, that's we loved it. I could not get enough. But, you know, it, and we were going nuts over that. Like, uh, didn't Dan Patrick say that we were second on his list or something like that? I mean, do yes, we really sir. want him now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It, listen. All right. 
Listen, did you see Nick? Did you see Nick Foles on that same field? They may have got. They may have escaped with the win, but uh, still, if, if you're asking me to pick from Tom Brady, and Nick Foles this season, I, I'll still sign up for Tom Brady, okay. even if he doesn't know what down it is a right low now. Blow. <laughs> it was a low blow. It was a low blow, but I couldn't help it because he's buying his mansions. My 13 year old said, "Oh, he shouldn't have switched teams. He's in it for the money, you know." So even a 13 year old can pick up on what Tom Brady's about, you know. Uh, about faith. We got to look at the Bears, right? We got to look mm-hmm. at the Bears. And have you ever had less confidence in a four on one team? Because because they get this fake uh, knockdown uh, pass interference. Nobody believes this pass or Pat uh, roughing the passer, and and so now it's a first down on this third down play. Yeah, you're talking about. What are they about... going to do with it? I, I I had no confidence that they could do anything with it. No, right? that's a good that's a good point, Paul. They were certainly bailed out. It was third and nineteen. Um, Foles chucked it up down the sidelines to Ted Ginn of all receivers, and uh, Shaq Barrett was called for roughing the passer. Uh, and even Mike, they went to Mike Pereira in the booth on Fox, and he was wondering about the call as well. I, maybe by the letter of the law, you say he did get helmet to helmet, but it would. But even uh, Pereira was pointing out that it felt it looked like to him like it was incidental, mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't like the call. It's unfortunate, but that's the NFL we're in these days, Howard. Right. Like yeah. defenders, but what defenders... did he feel in your heart? You know, you know, he's going to do nothing with that opportunity. The confidence we have mm-hmm. in the team, in our kicker, in our coach. Look at the difference between Kansas City and what they run. Well, I know we don't have the same horses, right? <laughs> but where did, what's, where did he come from? Horses, what, I... Where is this lineage that he's supposed to bring to our team of an offensive, you know, Cap says he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, and clearly. Uh, yeah, Paul, thanks not. for the call. Paul, thanks for the call. You mentioned, the, you know, we don't have the same horses. We don't even have the same species when we're talking about. Uh, what the, the the Kansas City Chiefs bring to the table offensively versus what the Bears are trotting out there. But anyway, Howard, um, any thoughts on uh, what Paul brought up there? Yeah. Let me tell you a story, real quick story, right? So yes. I'm playing for the uh, the L.A. Rams at the time, and Ernie Zampezi is our offensive coordinator. And Ernie Zampezi really was the architect who put the Dallas Cowboys team mm-hmm. together in that offense with Troy Aikman. Now, I was playing for the Rams. Uh, uh, the Cowboys were still winning championships. We were running the identical offense, but somehow the Dallas Cowboys were a whole <laughs> lot better than the Rams were at that time. So mm. you better believe, you better have the right players to be able to run the offense that you you know you bring someone from, and expecting you know those 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 high uh, expectations. It's difficult because you know Kansas City has an unbelievable roster of guys that you know they can tap into and right now the bears aren't anywhere near where that roster is uh on the either side of the ball so it's one of those things you got to deal with but at the end of the day you've got to play and put your players in the best position that you can be be able to go out and be successful and i don't know that we see that all the time he is the two-time super bowl champ howard griffith i am jeff meller we're here for you after every bears games for two hours taking your phone calls all right bears fans who are you more pissed at Tom Brady for just snubbing Nick Foles or Matt Nagy for some atrocious play calling? Or are you just thrilled that the Bears are 4-1 and and you can't believe it? Talk about it next. 
This is Chicago's home for sports. The ESPN 1000 postgame show is back with your hosts, ESPN 1000 fantasy expert and host Jeff Meller and two-time Super Bowl champion Chicago native Howard Griffith. Now, back to more on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. The Bears are 4-1, and one, and Nick Foles gets his first win with the Bears as their starting quarterback. And he also got his second snub from Tom Brady. You'll recall in Super Bowl 52, Nick Foles looked around for Tom Brady and could not find him after beating him in the Super Bowl when the Eagles beat the Patriots. And... Nick didn't didn't have any hard feelings at the time. He said everything was happening so quickly. He wasn't concerned when the guy who does it right all the time, he couldn't catch up with him after a Super Bowl win. So what happened this time tonight? Well, Christina Pink was on the sidelines for Fox, and she had a chance to uh, ask Nick Foles about that. There's so much that was made about that Super Bowl rematch, you versus Tom Brady. You did it to him again. How did that feel, and did you get a chance to say anything to him tonight? No, I uh, didn't get a chance to say anything to him. I'm sure sometime we'll we'll catch up, but uh, you know we're trying to keep our distance. Or maybe maybe you, maybe you won't, Nick. Maybe maybe Tom Brady will just never speak to you on the field after a game ever. Because uh, boy, oh boy, uh, Tom is like a spurned lover after a loss. Apparently, he wants nothing to do with you. He goes um, he goes all Taylor Swift on the opposing quarterback. Apparently, Howard, because he got off and, and skedaddled after confusing which down it was. Apparently, <laughs> well, you would expect him to be upset and frustrated with himself but you know there's a pattern here right there's a pattern mm-hmm. he doesn't he doesn't want to shake hands after he, tough he, losses yeah you know what howard he's more than happy to shake hands with people after he beats them mm-hmm. but uh apparently after if you if you get the best of time he is not the uh best sport apparently he's kind of like he's my son guy he's kind of like my son in that that way my 10 year old son if my, my 10 year old son <laughs> wins a board game or a video game he's more than happy to uh you know treat you well but if you're uh if you beat him at anything he's crying in the corner uh <laughs> let's try mitchell in displays who's a big nick Foles backer he'd say uh good nice things to him on the field if he had a chance what's up mitch hey uh first of all in Foles, we trust this is a guy that is a former MVP that now second wins out against Tom Brady. And listen, it's sour grapes. The bottom line, folks, is this. The best time in this game is still yelling at Nagy on the sidelines. Okay? That's what a real quarterback does. Okay? And I'd like to break this to you in a very clear manner. If Trubisky was in this game or the game in the Colts, he would have been killed. Foles throws a great spiral. And look, he was under a lot of defensive pressure. And it was difficult, but he came back, he faced adversity, and he found a way to get the Bears in a position to win. I want to hear about this, this ridiculous argument about uh, Trubisky. Foles is the guy. Do you see what Matt Nagy did at the end of the game? Are you aware? He walks up to Foles and he said, walks and he gives him a really big hug. And I'll tell you this right now: the dynamic between Foles and Nagy is 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 really it's a reverse relationship. 
it's it's it, it really is. Foles is the master. Okay, and Nagy, honestly, he is listening to he's listening to somebody with a lot more experience. And let me bring it to you this right now, folks. Okay, Foles is going to make the Bears a lot better position to compete. And I hate to break it to you, folks, but the Bears are much better off with Foles. They did a great job. The Bears stood up when they had to. When it came down to it, Foles made this work. Okay, and I want you folks to do this, okay? Analyze the way Foles throws the ball. It's awesome. It's a beautiful ball. And listen, Tom Brady at 43, I give him a lot of credit, man. That guy can still throw a nice ball. But guess what? The Bears won. Case closed. Foles is my guy. What do you think? Howard? (laughs) Love it, Mitch. Love it. He's fired up about Foles. Oh, no doubt. He's been, uh, he's been, he's been, bashing Mitchell Trubisky for, you know, three-plus years now. I think he is elated. He's euphoric about the opportunity to watch Nick Foles play football, even though I think if we're being honest here, there were certainly plenty of throws tonight that made you – look, before the comeback here, I I had people texting me, who people who I respect, wondering if if there was going to be a move to Mitch Trubisky a couple games down the road here if uh, Nick Foles continued to play the way he did at certain points in this game. So – it's not all, you know, uh, seashells and balloons here, Howard. Yeah, it, it's not. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things, right? You know, he stepped in when he when he stepped in for Mitch. Mm-hmm. He he struggled early, um, and then he settled down and started to make some plays. But you know, I guess this is the way he's ultimately gonna gonna play. He's gonna have some issues um, with his uh, with release and accuracy, and not be able to make all the throws he needs to right away. But but hopefully he settles down and he starts to to get to a point where you know he can make all the throws and and Bears fans can be as confident in his throws as as they can be in some other uh, other great quarterbacks around the country. That's the voice of Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller here on ESPN 1000 again. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Let's try Ahmad, who's in Chicago Ridge. Hey Ahmad, you've got a bone to pick with Matt Nagy. You're not the only one. Yeah, uh, like you guys were saying today, like every caller was saying, um, that he should have uh, run the ball instead of throwing it within a minute left and you got the GOAT on the other side. Another thing, and that offensive line is horrible. I mean, we are so one-dimensional, it's unbelievable. We don't run the ball enough, and that's just not going to cut it in this league, man. You know, they're just tiring out our defense. And he's talking about identity, man. I hope this is not our identity on offense. They've got to run the ball. But the only problem is that offensive line is just horrible. Well, that can make things difficult, Ahmad. Howard, uh, how difficult is it to run the ball or stay committed to the run when the offensive line is struggling the way the Bears is right now? I mean, look, yeah, you ran behind a lot of great offensive lines, but were there ever instances where you knew you weren't going to get the push up front and you still had to rely on your coach to stay committed to the run? Yeah, you, you, you find yourself in that position, but, you know, the other thing that happens is, is if you're the coach, right, and, and you know that you're not going to get pushed, because when you're watching film and you're watching your offensive line, you're watching, you know, the opposing defensive line, you know pretty early in the week whether or not the run is going to work. You know that as a coach. And and the reality is sometimes you say it's just not going to work. We're not going to have success up front. So you start to do some different things to try to create um, run plays. And you start to try to get the backs out of the backfield. You saw them do that today. 
to try to get him some uh, some quick passes to get the balls and get the ball in the hand because it just is just not working. But at the end of the day, you have to be able to find some run plays that you can be successful with and be able to duplicate those runs. When I was in Carolina, we didn't really have a great offensive line. We had Joe Pendry, who was the offensive uh, coordinator here in Chicago for several years, and we would run, you know, it was two or three plays, but we knew how to run those two or three plays, and it didn't matter whether you knew it was coming. We knew how to execute those plays against, you know, a lot of defensive fronts, and that's where the Bears ultimately need to get. What can they be successful and have success with as far as the run game is concerned? Because, you know, as some of the callers have pointed out, Against better teams, this is it's not going to work. You have to be able to shorten the game in some ways because three and outs is not going to allow your defense to get some time to, to get rested up because you're going to face some offenses that are going to be high-powered that are going to go on those 9, 10, 12, 13 play drives, and that's going to kill them if they have to turn around uh, and the offense does a three and out. The postgame show brought to you by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. Remember, we're with you. For two hours after every single Bears game, talking with you, breaking it down, giving you the first chance to sound off after a Bears win or loss or even a tie. We're here no matter what. Give us a call. 312-332-3776. Jason is in Orland Park. Hey, Jay, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Good. Good. I'm just trying to figure out how all week long they said, the Bears were just a week three and one team, and we ain't going to beat the Bucks, and there ain't no way this is going to happen. Now we beat the Bucks, and people are still fucking complaining. Oh, okay, <laughs> Jason. Let's get that one, boys. Uh, I appreciate the call, Jason. Uh, a little loose with the tongue here at a li- later in the evening, but we do appreciate you call. Yeah, look, um, I'm not going to lie, Howard. I like I was talking with Cap and Jay Hood earlier this morning, and. Uh, I think Jay Hood asked me, how, how do the Bears get a win? And I said, well, one of the recipes is if Thursday, Thursday night football goes out and does what Thursday night football does. I mean, you got a short work week. You had the Bucks with a lot of injuries to a lot of good skill players. They were without Chris Godwin. They, you know, uh, Leonard Fournette dressed, but he obviously was was not was really not. I don't think he, he even got a snap, to be honest with you. Uh, he th- certainly didn't get a carry. Um, they were also, uh, they lost OJ Howard. So Tom Brady was really, you know, a lot of his, his key players were depleted and the bears took advantage of that. And so no apologies for that. But at the same time, we've had other players who say, or for other callers who have said they're four and one. And, and I can't believe it. I've never been so frustrated in my life. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to tell you who's frustrated. You talk about Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans, right? Ronald Jones, 17 carries, 106 yards, 6.2 yards a carry. You think they wouldn't like to run the ball a little bit more? The game was never out of hand for those guys, and they were throwing the ball around. But, you know, it's just one of those things. I said, when we, when we look at the Bears, you know, we obviously look at them with a critical eye. And, and we, we don't want to be let down as Bears fans. And so we're, we're nitpicking and we're frustrated. You know, it's four and one, we're frustrated. But at the end of the day, they're winning football games and they're finding ways to win down the stretch. And I, I don't think we ought to lose sight of that with the defense able to step up and make plays when they need to, um, to, to get the ball back for their offense, to, to put a drive together and have a chance to uh, kick the go-ahead field goal. So, you know, I, I don't think we should – um, you know, 
we got to give that a lot more attention, I think, because, uh, you know, the Bears defense did a did a tremendous job of, of putting this offense back in a situation where they could be successful. Even though Tampa Bay had a lot of injuries on the offensive side, they still were able to hold these guys to 19 points. And I wouldn't have thought 19 points was going to be good enough for the Bears to win a football game. Um, and yeah, no doubt about it. 2019 Bears win their 4-1 and one out of the season. The Bucks fall to 3-2 and two and the GOAT. Doesn't know what down it is. We're breaking it all down with you. We will hear from Matt Nagy and, and Nick Foles before the show wraps later in the hour. But uh, your phone calls, we're continuing with them. Your chance to sound off on the postgame show here on ESPN 1000. A two-time Super Bowl champion. A two-time winner of the ESPN 1000 Fantasy Football League. And never mind. Howard Griffith and Jeff Mallard. The ESPN 1000 postgame show is back on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Third down and ten. It's Mike Evans there in the slot. Good protection. Vaughn. Incomplete. Big hit by Kyle Fuller, and now flag is thrown very late. Here's a call. There is no foul on the play. Fourth down. That is a good job by this crew. That was close to a catch and fumble, too. Yeah, it sure was. That, that's that's great work. As they're looking to see, we're told, if this is, and it was close, a catch and a fumble. After review, the receiver caught the ball, was hit and fumbled. Recovered by Chicago at the 27-yard line. Woo! You're damn right it was a fumble. That was a thing of beauty, Howard. Those are the type of hits that uh, you and I grew up with when uh, when they were legal back in the day. And it was a clean legal hit, but those used, those type of hits used to be encouraged and defensive backs would be allowed to put their shoulders and even their helmets into the receivers. That obviously has changed probably for the better, for the safety of receivers and you know pass catching backs but Kyle Fuller played that perfectly and he executed a hit that if they still made the NFL hits videos on the old VHS (laughs) that one would have been for sure on a loop because that was a fantastic hit that led to a fumble on uh, Keyshawn Vaughn there that led to also a critical uh turnover for the Bears, which uh, resulted in a touchdown as well. So good stuff all around for uh, Kyle Fuller on that play. Yeah, really well done. And um, it was obviously a clean hit. Uh, There was nothing uh, illegal about it. And, you know, that's the kind of plays, you know, you have to expect from a guy like Kyle Fuller, who's who's really blossomed into uh, a really, you know, top elite type player in the National Football League after, you know, some struggles going into the last year of his contract. But he has really has taken off and really become one of the mainstays in that secondary and, and really does a great job back there of leading that secondary. And, you know, when you have a rookie on the other side, he's going to need some leadership and somebody to talk to. And, and Kyle Fuller can take him and walk him through that. And, you know, you need that type of leadership in your secondary. Zach is on the west side, and it looks like he is pumped after another Bears win. What's up, Zach? What's going on, fellas? I'm going to I'm going to channel our old coach Lovey, and you know we're four and one. We're a four and one football team. Hmm. We're entering the second quarter one and zero. 
and we got a lot of football to play. I mean, we got Carolina coming up. This is big, guys, because Nick Foles is really game two in the in the season without uh, preseason snaps. You know, as much as that that does matter. The defense was pumped. The defense was hyped. Nobody is talking about how Khalil flipped the right, was the right tackle, left tackle on his butt after almost getting the sack or getting the sack. Like, that's what our defense is, is about. Chicago is always about defense, but at least we're starting to see some offense now. Let's, let's go, guys. And we've got a kicker. Cairo Santos is not as bad. He made some big kicks tonight. We, we got to celebrate. Everybody talking about being frustrated at 4-1. and one. We could be 1-4 and four and be livid. You know what I mean? So let's <laughs> celebrate it. Let's move on to Carolina. We're a 4-1 football team, guys. Go love you. Go Illinois. <laughs> I hear you, Zach. You know, it's interesting, right? You, you talk about Khalil Mack, and, you know, he had some opportunities. You talk about being one-on-one with a tackle. I mean, those, mm-hmm. those are matchups he has to win on a consistent basis. And, you know, that's what you want. You know, they're not always going to be able to double-team him or have a back coming out of the back and helping him. When he gets those opportunities, he has to seize the moment, and he did that tonight. Yeah, and, as, you know, we came into the segment uh, reacting to Kyle Fuller's huge hit, which caused the fumble on Keyshawn. Vaughn, but also uh, there was a big hit by Roquan Smith very early in the game. The Bucks opening drive, third and six. They had an opportunity to convert for a first down, which uh, would have put them very near the goal line. Tanner Hudson drops what would have been a uh, conversion on third and six. And Roquan Smith really made a nice big hit there, too, which limits the Bucks to a field goal on their opening drive. And also, again, you know, you, you stop seven, you, you keep seven, you keep it to three. And in that instance, it obviously ends up being a critical play because the Bears go on and win 20 to 19. And, it, you know, it's one of those plays early in the game. You don't know what's gonna, what it's going to result in. But there were big hits by the defense all the way around throughout the entirety of the game. And so that was nice to see that from a team that likes to hang their hat on that defensive unit. Well, we knew how good this defense was supposed to be. Right, coming in on mm-hmm. paper, coming into the season, and they really hadn't put a, a full game together, but we started to see a lot of that get done tonight, and they have to continue to build on that. And you know, you, you can get Robert Quinn and, and to, to start to get in to impose his will. Now you're you're talking about something because Hicks made a lot of plays inside, creating pressure, knocking the balls down. So you know, it, it, they have all of the all of the tools that are there, right? The ingredients to be a great defense. And I think everyone acknowledged that it's about just executing it and being able to finish. Mike in Bronzeville is on the post game show with Howard Griffith and Jeff Meller. What's up, Mike? What's going on guys. I just want to do a, uh, say I'm, maybe some of us has already said this, but um, you know, we keep losing the, the offensively, we keep losing at the line of scrimmage. You know, our offensive line is just horribly horrible. I mean, they're not, they're not nasty enough. They're not athletic enough. And they don't seem all that particularly smart. And that's probably why we can't run the screens. And if we, if we keep losing the battle at the line of scrimmage, I mean, you know, Mr. Howard, you can speak to this more than anybody, but if you're losing the battle at the line of scrimmage, that's the one aspect that can derail your whole offense more than anything else. Well, that and the quarterback, but we seem to keep, we seem to keep losing that battle. Last week we got dominated by an aggressive defensive front, and this week was the same thing. And Dominican Sue some of those guys, they were getting through on a four-man rush. And if we can't block a four-man rush, we're going to have problems this season. I hang up and listen. Well, Mike, thanks for the call. And, and you're right. You, you have to be able to control the line of scrimmage. But 
The other thing too is you, you're not going to be able to control it all all night long. That that's the reality of the National Football League. I mean, this is not one of those great offensive lines that has been put together through the draft, through free agency. That's not where they are right now. This is an offensive line that that is still trying to develop, still trying to find their identity. Probably not as good as some of from a talent standpoint as some of the better offensive lines around the National Football League. But again, they have to get to a point where they can run the ball. What kind of what plays can you run and be effective? And, and what I saw early in the season or the first couple of games was being able to run wide zones. They were able to do that where the, the back is on a wide track on the outside leg of the tackle, puts that foot in the ground and, and gets north when those linebackers over pursue. And they got to find a way to be effective. But the challenge with that play is that you can't run that play effectively and I, uh, for this offensive line if you're in a shotgun situation. That's more of a play you have to be under center and be able to control the line of scrimmage that way. Yeah, and uh, we know that Matt Nagy certainly does have an affinity for the shotgun formation. And I know Nick Foles likes to operate, it, operate out yeah. of it as well. Yeah. So that is a situation where you do see without – Mitchell Trubisky's ability to run and break the pocket when the defenders turn their back to him. You, you, the, the running game does seem to be lacking a little bit these first two games with Nick Foles under center. So it uh, is going to certainly involve some commitment to the run by the head coach if it's going to get any better. We know there's one thing he's always committed to for every game. It never fails, Howard. And I think Quentin in Fort Worth, Texas wants to bring that up. Quentin, you're on the postgame show on ESPN 1000. All right, appreciate it, guys. <clears throat> first things first, great Bears win. Can't I mean, can't be mad, but of course, as a Bears fan, you're gonna nitpick. And one of those things that I'm gonna nitpick is Cordero Patterson. I get it. I appreciate everything he does on, on special teams, but we are not packing a one-two punch like we should be in, in in the running back game. Montgomery is doing his thing. I love the kid. He plays with heart, but my, uh, Cordero Patterson in the backfield is, is not the answer. How many times are we going to run a sweep to Cordero Patterson and he goes for one yard? Matt Nagy, throw that, throw that, throw that play out the playbook. Come on, get rid of that. It, I mean, three games in a row, and that play has gained uh, uh, three yards at the most. Come on. Uh, other than that, defense this thing, uh, great Bears win. I'll leave it to y'all. Hey, Quinn, thanks, thanks for the call. You know, the interesting uh, about Patterson being in the backfield, and we've talked about this for, for a couple of weeks now, right? It's about being able to to match him up and create mismatches with the defense. And you saw that tonight, finally, as you see him coming out of the backfield matched against a, a linebacker, and he's able to win that battle. And then we saw Montgomery step into that role late in the game and come up with a huge catch. And I, I thought from from early in the game, early in the season, that that's what they were ultimately trying to do, find those uh, mismatches and try to take advantage of them. But we realized last week that that's not necessarily the case. This is a short yardage package that they have in for him, and he's a, a vital part of that. And I don't think that's the right move for him. I, you know, you can, you can say what you want. He runs hard. He does all these things. But to me, Montgomery has to carry the ball a lot more than he's carrying it right now. And the fact that he's not toting the rock the way he should be, you know, should have him a little bit, not a little bit, a lot upset. Because this, yeah. this is a problem. Yeah. Losing carry- carries. 
10 carries for 29 yards for David Montgomery. And like, you, you know, they're not committed to the run. And so limiting Montgomery to, you know, 10 carries in itself is in some ways, you know, uh, disappointing for the Bears offense. Uh, but never fail, uh, Cordero Patterson, first play of the game from scrimmage for the Bears offense. Sure enough, it was a handoff to Cordero Patterson like oh, clockwork. Yeah. Howard, he uh, he has to get Cordero Patterson his touches in the backfield. It, it, it drives every Bears fan I know mad out there, man. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what, uh, <laughs> how, how, how long Matt Nagy stays committed to it. Uh, let's uh, try Cole in Raleigh, North Carolina. Cole, you're on the postgame show with Howard Griffith and Jeff Meller. Hey, thank you guys for taking my call. Um, I'm not going to bash anybody, you know, win to win in the end. But I was watching the game tonight, and, you know, just like most people, I was following Bears. And I guess because I'm in North Carolina, I follow a few guys that go to UNC Chapel Hill with his Mitch's alma mater, of course. And uh, I know uh, Mitch, or excuse me, Nick Foles was struggling in the first half there before they took the lead right there in the half. And, uh, I guess a lot of people were calling for uh, Mitch to come back in. Just, just curious if, uh, oh. you know, honest answer, if it ever crossed your mind to Mitch come back in or not tonight. Cole, stop it. You already <laughs> told us you you, were from, you already told us where you were from, and now we know why the question was asked. No, I don't think so. I think that that train has is 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 left the station unless uh, Nick Bowles gets injured or really plays really, really poorly. Um, unfortunately, I think, you know, Mitch has had his opportunity, he's had his time, mm-hmm. and the only way you're going to see him back under center is if something is not right uh, physically with Nick Foles. He's Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller, and as you mentioned, Howard, um, yeah, yeah, there was – I did have a few people just wondering out loud, you know, as the first half was kind of dwindling there before they were able to punch uh, a touchdown in in the set, late in the second quarter. I, some people were wondering because it did look so bad, but I think you heard Joe Buck and Troy Aikman both talk about it tonight on Fox that, look, Nick Foles, he's a streaky quarterback. He holds the NFL record for 25 consecutive completions, but you also saw at times where he was, you know – Kind of inaccurate. So I think as Bears fans, we're just going to have to adjust a little bit. The fact is, though, that he does have the, you know, he can catch fire at times when he's feeling good and seeing the ball well. So I think there's an opportunity here for the Bears to build on. And listen, four and one, you're not going to apologize for it. All right, Matt Nagy, run the damn ball. Why are you throwing it when you have an opportunity to kill the clock and kick a game-winning field goal? Will he tell us an answer? We'll hear from him next. Welcome to the ESPN 1000 Post Game Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Second down and nine. Falls throws. Pass is broken up. Robinson had it for a moment. Davis knocked it away. And Davis may have injured himself on that play. I'm just shocked they threw the ball. I thought they'd hand the ball off and force the Bucks to use their last time out and then run the clock down to about 30 seconds or whatever it would be and kick the game-winning field goal. But instead, with the incompletion, Tampa Bay gets to hang on to the timeout with a minute 22 left. Troy, Joe... You two are not the only ones who are wondering what exactly Matt Nagy was doing there. 
Maybe he'll explain it to us. He met the media on Zoom. Here's what he had to say. You know, I think that anytime you go four and one, I'm just, you get to a point where they're not always the prettiest of wins, but I look at, you know, to end the game with our defense, um, having an opportunity to shut down possibly the greatest quarterback to ever play this game with a minute 13 to go um, down one school or one point. Uh, and then to come through with that, that's a, that's a huge win. And so, you know, just the special teams I thought today played lights out Cordero Patterson with all his, his return yardage and just everybody blocking and, you know, on the back end and then Cairo making those two huge field goals. I mean, that's, that's big. And, um, you know, defense did the bend, but don't break to hold them to, to three points uh, to, for them to jump out to that lead early on in our offense to, um, you know, get a little spurt there in the second quarter. Uh, so we're, we're going to be able to go back to the drawing board and, and, you know, we've just faced two really good defenses in the Colts and Tampa, Tampa in the, the Bucks here today. But, um, you know, the best part about all this that I'm super excited about with our players and our coaches is that we're four and one and we know we can play a lot better. First question, Jason Leisure. Matt, this was the same point in the season as last year where things really spiraled for you guys. Did it have that feel to you that this was a, a momentous game for you in the season? Jason, that's a really good point. Um, probably, yeah. You know, I think that we've had some things go our way this year in his first four games, uh, really three three of the wins, and now today the fourth one, where we just we've we've been resilient with um, how we've come through different situations, and and so. Again, I said it a few weeks ago, there's something special about this team. We find ways to win, and it's not always pretty. We, we totally understand that. And, um, you know, using these next couple of days for myself and our coaching staff on offense to, to, to really figure out, okay, where we are, self-scout ourselves so that we can, you know, score more points and, and be better there uh, along with the quarterback change. But you're right. I mean, this is a this is a big win for us right now. When you look at this, to be four and one, every win is so crucial. And so I'm proud of our coaches and players for that. JJ, Matt, early in the game, Nick was missing some throws. He had the third down miss to a Rob, and then the, the deep ball to Mooney. But just what does it speak to his experience and his resiliency that he's able to come back and make some nice throws as the game went on? Yeah, that, that's who he is. I think what you saw from the offense was there was. You know, the probably the biggest part that I look back at is that start of the third quarter. We we had some momentum going there at the end of the second quarter. We got it back and we, we felt a little groove and um and then to come out and have penalty penalty and, and second and forever, third and forever, the first two drives of the third quarter, it's deflating. And so that that's the part there that um, you know, that part is what what's kind of sticks with me right now. But you say that the throws that Nick made, the protection that the line had uh, the, the opportunistic plays that these guys made at, at the at the most you know perfect time uh, that's what is so key about these these players you know these coaches these coaches are on the headsets trying to figure what, what we like and don't like and again that was a pretty good defense we played so all in all um, the offense made plays when they had to and I think that that's one of the special traits that Nick has Jeff Dickerson Matt, could you sense the impact that Khalil was having? during yeah. that game and the frustration that was causing Brady. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, you, uh, you you have a guy like Khalil that every single snap he's bringing it, and you just have to know that he's he's coming. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate on that last sack he had um, or the one where he got the penalty because he could have had a third sack. And that's just who he is. And, and, you know, the other guys feed off of that. 
you know, along with Kyle Fuller, the, the biggest play of the game was that hit that Kyle had uh, for the for the fumble um, was, was huge. So to have a couple of sacks by Khalil for for Kyle to make that play and then and then Buster and, and Quinn to get on that football, um, I just thought that you know we were we we were able to to make plays at the right time uh, today, which was great. Brad Biggs. Hey, Coach, um, can you talk us through the, the clock management right before the field goal? Was it a, kind of an effort to get a shorter attempt for Cairo? And, and then um, following that up, did uh, did you need to see a, your kicker deliver in the clutch like that almost as much as uh, your kicker needed to deliver? Yeah, so the uh, as far as – we wanted to stay aggressive there at the end and, and try to, uh, you know, we were going back and forth. There's a situation there where we can get into a mode where if you, you know, if you, if you break a tackle uh, on a slant route or a handoff, whatever, where they're out of, they're out of, you know, timeouts and you can kick the field goal and win. And that's always a, you know, a tough situation to be in, but we were trying to stay aggressive and then there just to get, a, you know, some, some more yards to be able to make that field goal. And then he did it. So, yeah, the second part of your question, for him to make a 47-yard field goal, which was big, and then that 37-yard field goal game winner, um, I think that just speaks to that to him as a person and then for us to, to get him down there in that position to be able to make it and, and win the game. Pat Finley. Matt, with your run game, um, obviously I, I'm sure you want to be better, but uh, what kind of position did that put Nick in when you know he's throwing what 42, 43 times? Yeah, yeah. Again, it's it's, it's these two defense run defenses that we just faced. Um, I don't know how to explain it, but they're pretty good, and and um, it doesn't mean that we can't run against them. But that's what's happened the last the last two weeks. I, I have a lot of. Uh, I, I just understand that when you get behind, like we did, you, you have to be able to throw the ball a little bit and use and be able to, you know, get that clock to your advantage and and then still sprinkle in some runs when you can. So, we're, I, I again, I, I know that Coach Castillo and that these offensive linemen they, they care tremendously about getting this thing right, along with the running backs and Coach London. And um, we're going to stay very persistent. There's going to be zero abandoning the run because it hasn't, you know, been successful the last two weeks. I promise you that. So we just got to get back to what we know we can do, and we got to use this uh, these next uh, few days here to, to to figure out a little bit more of our identity with that. There you go, Matt Nagy meeting the media after a fourth Bears win on the season. They are four and one. They beat Tom Brady for the first time in Tom Brady's career. He had never lost to the Bears coming into tonight's game. Well, he did tonight, and Nick Foles was the victor once again. I'm Jeff Miller, along with Howard Griffith. We'll continue to take your phone calls back in just two short minutes. A two-time Super Bowl champion. A two-time winner of the ESPN 1000 Fantasy Football League. And never mind. Howard Griffith and Jeff Miller. The ESPN 1000 postgame show is back on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. That just shows you the power of Tom Brady, and he doesn't even have to admit to, to what he did when he clearly, on film and on the broadcast, you see he goes to the referee, it's fourth down now, or he's signaling, <laughs> now it's fourth down. No, 
No, this, no, this reminds me of my no. guy Jerry DiNardo back in Colorado when they gave him a fifth down and he was able to convert. <laughs> the touchdown yes. out of, it. <laughs> of course, of course. The uh, the classic fifth down game. Um, yes. Uh, Hogriff, the the goat there. It, it's it's amusing to me um, that he 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 won't even admit that that he, no. he did not know. I have to ask you though. Do you think that like because I have to imagine? I, I mean, look, it's unknowable, but there's no way. What happened tonight happens if he is still playing in New England. I feel like the sidelines is mm. in his ear, and mm. they're letting him know, "Hey, it's fourth down, Tom." Mm. I feel like there's no mistake. I just like listen. I I could be wrong, and it's unknowable. But I swear, if this happens, if the same situation happens in New England, at least Tom Brady is aware of what down it is. I'm telling you, you you are ahead of the game because that's what's going to be a topic of conversation all tomorrow, right? Nope. If you yeah. were in New England, this would not have happened because in New England, everyone's paying attention to the details. And now in Tampa, he's already had some issues earlier in the season where, you know, whether he's on the same page with uh, the route combinations his, his receivers are running whether he and the head coach are on the same page uh, when it comes to play calling and, and where the ball is supposed to go, you are absolutely right. This is going to be a major topic of discussion tomorrow because you're in an area, you're in a place now in Tampa where they want to throw it around and, and it's perceived to be a little bit looser than where you were before. Uh, people are going to be talking about that. You're right on with that. He's two-time Super Bowl champ. Howard Griffith, I'm Jeff Meller. We're here with you after every Bears game for two hours, taking your calls and instant reaction. Mike in Maywood, I'm sure, was happy with that win. Mike, what's going on, my man? No, man, living the dream, guys. How you doing? Good. There you go. I mean, I'll take it. It was a Bears win. It wasn't pretty, but he did it. And that's all that matters. Usually I'll, I'll be the first one to criticize. But, hey, bear down. It's a bear win. Uh, Jimmy Graham. We should have, you know, he should have brought that in. And we had a different ball game, you know. Mm. Uh, he had a heck of a fight. catch, though, Mike. Yeah, huh? a heck of a catch early in the game. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. That's what I'm saying. But he should have had that one. He blew that uh, touchdown. Outside of that, you know, Montgomery's a beast. He yeah, but you, I'll tell you what, Mike, you're right. No doubt about it. Jimmy Graham should have got his foot down on the touchdown at the end of the first half there. But it was just a couple of plays later where he does come up and make a magnificent one-handed catch, which, like, I'll be honest, Howard, that's shades of the 2013 Jimmy Graham in the Saints <laughs> uniform. That's that's the guy yeah. that would would com- would that I would imagine you know would command nine million dollars guaranteed on the open market. He certainly that catch and it was at the same drive, so I don't think you can hold the uh, you know listen. You'd like to see him get the feet down when he has a touchdown catch there, but it's same drive. He he makes amends for it, so it's hard to hold him you know too accountable for a, a, a pass that you wish he would have made it initially. Yeah, it's difficult, but you know, he when he gets into the end zone and he's able to body, use his body and uh versus uh the secondary players, I mean, it, it's clear that he knows exactly what he's doing and he he can put if the quarterback puts the ball in the right spot, he's going to have an opportunity to make a play on the ball and that's going to be his role. I I still want to see them get Cole Komet more involved. Um, want to see him get some catches because I think that's 
that's really his strong suit as he continues to develop as a blocker. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, th- I know that was a, uh, a topic of conversation during the week. Matt Nagy uh, talked about wanting to see Cole Komet get some more snaps, and he, uh, he again was held without a catch today. So um, there were no solutions on the Cole Komet front, uh, at least today. We'll see what happens going forward. They've got a couple extra days because of the Thursday night game. So we'll see how they use him going forward. Let's uh, check in in Columbus with Steven, who's a regular. Hey, Steve, what's going on, my man? How you guys doing? Good. Well, another uh, nail biter. Uh, it's not you know making anybody feel any good, um, even with a win. But um, I, I found the uh, the dialogue between uh, Nagy and uh, Falls. I think what was that? Was that uh, after that uh, field goal that they were having that uh, animated discussion? I don't know when it was. I know it wasn't late in the fourth quarter. Um, I remember. Yeah, it was late, but. Um... He wanted to go hurry up, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to explain to Coach Nagy that, you know, this is why we could do it. And, and believe me, those are the kind of conversations that need to happen between a play caller and your quarterback. It, it's not that they're not on the same page, but it's the quarterback being in the game and having a feel for what's going on. And the play callers, you know, feeling something different. So I, I love that type of interaction when, when the coach and the player can, can disagree and, and understand that they're both trying to do the best thing for the team. And, and somebody has to win, usually it ends up being the coach. But I bet you this, he got his mm-hmm. point across, and I'm talking about Nick Foles. Yeah, I believe, we have, I believe we have the clip here. Let's, uh, let's play it that you're talking about, Stephen. Go ahead, guys. Robinson, first down, gave it up, picks it up again, and sets up Chicago inside the 15. Yeah, Nick Foles right now wanting to hurry up. He's wanting to get to the line in a hurry. Feels like he got the defense on their heels a little bit, which he does, and it just was not able to get that communicated properly, or Matt Nagy just says, no, no, let's just make sure we get the right play call here and huddle up. Here's that one-sided conversation. Yeah, well, I mentioned that Foles, after they had gotten the first down, he wanted to go hurry up and get at the line and, and kind of push the pace a little bit, and that's what he's explaining to, to Matt Nagy, what it is that he saw and how he felt that he had him on the ropes, and you know, they huddled up, they slowed it down, and that's when they gave up the sack fumble. 17 yards, backed him up, and so I, that's, uh, that's the respect that Nagy has for Foles and him being a veteran and being able to communicate that and I'd expect to maybe see that up-tempo in the next possession. And I, I, I don't think it is um, speaking out of school here to say, suggest that there's no way Mitch Trubisky would <laughs> be having that type of conversation with uh, Matt Nagy at any points during their run. It just it, it, it hasn't been – it's been a completely one-way conversation when Mitch was listening to Matt Nagy, whereas with Nick Foles now under center, you have a guy – who can give you instant feedback about what he likes, what he's seeing, and why he wants to do things. And 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 that, I think, is going to help Matt Nagy going forward. Yeah, that's the collaboration you want between, you know, the play caller and the, and the head coach uh, to or the, the quarterback to be able to get on the same page and so that he can express himself and understand exactly what, it, what he's seeing. So now when they go back and watch film, Coach Nagy can then get a feel, okay, I got it. Because remember – Yes, he's had him before, but he has not called plays for him. 
So he doesn't know him that well from a play calling standpoint. So this is all a learning process for both of them as they come together. That's the voice of two-time Super Bowl champ, Howard Griffith. You can follow him on Twitter at Howard Griffith. I am Jeff Meller. I'm on Twitter at Jeff underscore Meller, M-E-L-L-E-R. We're the postgame show brought to you by Miller Lite, the official bear of the Chicago Bears. What else did Nick Foles have to say? Did he address the snub yet again by Tom Brady? We'll find out next. This is Chicago's home for sports. The ESPN 1000 postgame show is back. Talk Bears with us on ESPN 1000 and the new ESPN Chicago app. Spectacular one-handed catch there by Jimmy Graham, the prized free agent that Ryan Pace landed in the offseason. Comes up with a big one on Thursday Night Football, highly courtesy of Fox with Troy, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck on the call. I'm Jeff Meller along with Howard Griffith, the ESPN 1000 postgame show, as always brought to you by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears, the man who was the... Trigger man on the throw, Nick Foles, met the media as well. And uh, here's what he had to say about the first loss by Tom Brady to the Chicago Bears. Hey, Nick, um, it, early in the game, it looked like you, uh, you missed some missing some throws and then kind of settled in after the interception. Uh, what changed from there? What, what kind of went right for you after that? Yeah, I missed one specifically where I was rolling to the right and had A-Rob, and I, I was shocked it like, uh, came off my hand like it did. It just sort of... It didn't come off right. Um, but other than that, you know, it felt good. Um, you know, there's obviously some throws where, uh, you know, stepping up a couple of times you get hit and you can't, you can't really get it out there. Um, but, you know, there'll be a lot of things that we can look at on film to get better at because we left some stuff out there. But they did some nice things on defense to make it so it was a little difficult to do that. So they did a nice job. Nick, what have you learned over these these two and a half games about how to communicate what you want out of specific plays to your teammates, to your coaches, um, and how to be that demanding on the sideline? Yeah, I mean, honestly, we're, we're continuing to grow together. Um, this is something that uh, doesn't happen overnight, and I felt like today was a big one because it was just, I, I just keep saying, like, it's a fist fight. It wasn't an easy game by any means. We just kept fighting, kept fighting. And everyone just kept, you know, throwing punches. And I'd say the big thing from tonight was we got to learn how to go through a fist fight like this and come out on top. And uh, you don't want them every week, but if it if it's what it takes to win every week, that's what we'll do. Um, but I think in the moments at the end of the game, obviously a lot of lots to learn from for all of us, um, coaches, players, and everything. Just um, continue to gain that rhythm because this is my first time with a lot of these guys and a lot of these coaches. So it's the first time they've seen me in one of these games. So, and first time I've seen them. So tonight was a big night of learning. Nick, we've heard some of your coaches talk about you just having no memory. It seems like from play to play on that second to last possession, you had three that were really close interceptions. How do you go from that to the big throws you made on the game winning drive? Um, I, I, they did a nice job on that second to last drive of really getting some pressure on me as I was trying to throw it. So um, that made it difficult. Um, and they did a nice job there. 
But I think the big thing is just trusting my teammates, trusting the guys in the huddle to where, you know what, I can have that short memory because I, I trust them and I'm going to lean on them. And we have to continue to believe in one another. And doing it tonight showed it. And we just continue to gain confidence uh, with one another, working with one another um, to, you know, obviously win these games because it's not easy in those situations uh, where you go. I think we were three and out on that second last drive. And, you know, it wasn't pretty. And then all of a sudden, you know, move the chains and get into field goal range. Uh, but I think once again, tonight was a big night for everyone in the huddle offensively, just continue to learn who we are as human beings and athletes within this game. Nick, on the uh, the first touchdown drive, there was a third down conversion. It looked like you beat a blitz with a quick sort of outlet pass to Montgomery. The, would you remember that play specifically and, and, and the way that the first half had unfolded to that point? How big was that moment to, to finally get a drive to push forward like that? Yeah, I mean, there was – I mean – Coach Bowles is known for bringing all these different pressures and different blitzes and different stunts. And it's a, it's a lot of work for the guys up front. Um, they really grinded out and, you know, gave us time to get the, the balls out quick. And, you know, there's times where uh, teams will drop the back. So it was one of those ones in those situations, just yelling at David, hey, get out, get out, get out, or go, 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 because um, his protection um, didn't come. And, you know, sometimes the checkdowns are good. We're, as quarterbacks, we're always looking to be aggressive and push the ball downfield. But, there's times where they zone it off and drop everyone out and getting to the checkdown can sometimes be hard, but I felt like there were some big ones tonight. Nick, the other play to David was the one on the final drive that set up the field goal. Can you walk us through kind of what you saw before the snap that led you to go in that direction and kind of the throw to David as well? Yeah, they, uh, they were showing a pressure look and they did bring pressure, but uh, we, I was trying to figure out where the safety would be. So we were able to get ourselves into a play to where um, we get David on a linebacker safety going up the side and we were able to get a little bit of a pick action. Um, the defender sort of quieted and just dropping it in there where he can make a play. And obviously that was a huge play in the game to get us into, you know, a really good field goal range for, for Cairo to kick it through. Nick, what can a win like this do for you guys over the next 10 days emotionally? Um, I, I think emotionally uh, winning tonight is huge. Um, obviously where we are right now, 4-1, but that's a, that's a really good team. Tampa's a really good team. It was a four-week. Um, we get a little bit of a break right here, which is nice for everyone just to take a breath for a moment and uh, then get back to work and allow us to look at ourselves and see, like, where do we want to go from here offensively? Where do we – you know, because there's a lot of areas to improve, and we all know that. Um, and that's exciting because I feel like we're, we're putting these pieces together. together and It reminds me of some special teams I've been on where, you know, the first part of the season you go through this and then you finally figure out what works – and what you want to be, and you start rolling. So I think these next 10 days are big, specifically these next three for everyone just to take a breath and then get back to work on. I think it's Monday. What does it do for you when you see the defense have a performance like that and uh, kind of frustrating Tom Brady throughout the night? I mean, anytime you can frustrate Tom Brady, uh, it's a a great day. And our defense did that today. Um, He started out a little hot, but um, I, I could tell, you know, I've been told he got a little frustrated, so... Obviously, he's an extremely talented player, but uh, I was really proud of our defense and what they did today. Nick, you mentioned the 10-day layoff here. What do you want to accomplish now that you you do have kind of a breather to take some stock in what has gone on the last couple of weeks and then also to try to build the offense um, for the rest of the season? Yeah, I think just taking time to really think back, uh, you know, what we've done these last couple of weeks, where we've maybe had some trouble, where we've lost our rhythm, 
because um, I feel like our rhythm has been sporadic a little bit, and we really got to get this thing flowing a little bit better. And, you know, I know Coach Nagy feels the same way. So what does that mean? What do we want to be? So there's a lot of those conversations that we can have, and they are, you know, easy to fix. Um, we just got to figure out what they are. And uh, it's not the first time I've been in this situation. A lot of teams in the NFL are in this situation a lot of times. So we have the pieces and the people here to get this thing right and, uh, you know, continue to improve as a team. Yeah, hey, Nick, you all, the Bears came into this game not being able to beat Tom Brady in his entire career. You, of course, had a huge win against him in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Did that stat, was it lingering in your mind before this game, or was it something you just didn't pay attention to? No, it's something I didn't really worry about. Different situations, different team, different moment. Um, for me, it was more about, you know, my history last year with the Bucks. They did, you know, I had a rough game against them in the first half last year, so that was definitely emotional for me uh, with what happened in Jacksonville. So, you know, come here and get this win versus them after everything that happened last year um, was huge. And obviously it's my first win as a Chicago Bear, and it was an emotional one. And, uh, you know, it was a fist fight. This it reminded me of, like, a good old fist fight from Philly, uh, and now I get to do it in Chicago. So it, I really, you know, enjoyed getting in the locker room and, you know, celebrating with my teammates. Probably a little more tired than I thought I'd be just because of everything, but, uh, you know, I'll sleep well tonight, and I think everyone's really excited about the victory. Nick, what was your uh, your view on the touchdown pass to Jimmy? And then also, what have you really come to appreciate about playing with the defense that you have the luxury of playing with? Uh, you know, Jimmy one-on-one, that's a hard matchup. And, you know, defense will start giving us different looks. But the, the good thing about it is we have talent um, on the offensive side of the ball to spread the ball around. So if they want to start taking Jimmy out, we have other guys that can do it. But Jimmy's a tremendous player. Like I said, I've really enjoyed being his teammate. Um and then what was the second part? Sorry. Go ahead, Dan. J- just what you've come to appreciate about having the luxury of playing with the defense. Oh, yeah, you get you get me like midnight right now after a game. So, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, having a defense like us, like ours. I mean, we went against them every day in training camp. I played against them. Um, I, I said when I got here, it was one. Of the, it was probably the toughest defense I ever faced. And you know, for us to go out there and battle together. Um, it, it, it's great. I think that, you know, team ball and obviously offensively want to continue to get a rhythm and get things moving um, and be more productive. Um, we all feel that way. Obviously, it's great to get the win, but we want to be better. That was Nick Foles meeting the media on Zoom shortly, not too long ago. I'm Jeff Meller, along with Howard Griffith, as we wrap up the Bears win over the Bucks tonight. We saw a few first tonight, Howard. It was the what we witnessed at Soldier Field tonight. It was the first time that two quarterbacks that have squared off in a Super Bowl have played each other again while starting for two different teams. Pretty it was impressive. Also, it was also the first time that the Bears have beaten Tom Brady in his illustrious career. I believe I don't have. I'll have to fact check this one. We'll find out later. But I believe it was the first time that a goat has forgotten what down it was. <laughs> But it was not, Howard, the first time that Tom Brady has snubbed Nick Foles. He did that in Super Bowl 52, and the crybaby went on his way because he was disappointed with what happened at Soldier Field, not knowing it was indeed his fourth and final down of the evening. So we'll have a lot to break down tomorrow on ESP 1000. Any closing thoughts from you, Howard? Maybe he'll figure out the furnishings for his new mansion since he'll have a little time. 
he'll be frustrated since uh, he didn't know what was going on. Hope he has better luck picking out furniture and paint for his new mansion down there in uh, Tampa. Well, he'll have a long weekend to uh, <laughs> sort the decor of his guest house in Tampa out. But uh, that's going to do it for us uh, here on ESP 1000. He's Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller. I want to thank the boys back at the shop, Tyler Aki and Eric Ostrowski, for putting everything in the show together tonight. Thank you to them. Don't forget, Cap and Jay Hood are back. Our new morning show, they're back at 7 a.m. bright and early, taking all your phone calls and letting you react to the Bears' win. You can shout at them about Matt Nagy's decision-making on second down ahead of a field goal. But for Howard Griffith, I'm Jeff Meller. Remember, two hours after every Bears game, we're here for you, the ESP 1000 postgame show. Thanks for listening, folks.